Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Mandy Hawkes released the EP The Water Was Deep in 2017 and since then she has released the singles Just Kids and They Say Love. Her latest single is Black Dog. Hello, Mandy. Hi, Sophie. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. And I thought I'd start at the beginning of your musical life and ask you how it began. Ah, so it would have been, I was probably seven or eight maybe and I think I started playing the piano we had a piano um my mum used to play a little bit so I think I did that for maybe I was probably eight maybe maybe six months or a year and then I refused to practice so that was the end of my piano lessons (laughs) and then I was I was so stubborn I would just sit there and not do anything (laughs) see out the half hour whatever time I was meant to play for and then I kind of would just muck around and do what I wanted without anyone telling me what to do and then I think I got into the recorder about year four and that progressed as as did everyone I think (laughs) that's right I loved it I had like a little um book where I wrote out songs that I could play right and I'd carry it around with me and then I progressed to the flute in year six Mm -hmm. maybe year five five or six and I was a dedicated flautist for quite a number of years. Yeah. yeah right. So that yeah. was, so would you consider yourself a flautist primarily or now that you've moved on to other um, Not, I'm pretty bad now. That's yeah. the only instrument I've learned properly, like was, you know, classically trained and did all the exams and right. all that could play to a decent standard. Yeah. Everything else I'm just kind of a hack at. But I would imagine that, that doing all of that, you know, learning to read music, learning to that standard exams and everything, well, I, I think it, it probably facilitates you learning other instruments like guitar in that you're starting from a different yeah. place than knowing absolutely nothing. Totally. I love, like I'm so grateful that I had that, that foundation and that background in like reading music and musical theory because it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, often I'll, I'll play with people and, we can play together, but they have no idea of like what notes they're playing, mm. which I guess you know that, that works for them. But I like knowing how they all fit together and yeah, how it works, if that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. music theory is, of course, a world unto itself. But I also have a theory that, um, uh, separate to music theory, that if you learn to read music quite young, you can't mm. play by ear because that was the case. I learned piano from quite a young age. Ah, and read music, yeah. but I can't play by you to save myself. Well, so this is, I think I managed to do the crossover somehow because um, I learnt, yeah, the same, learning to read the music. But then I played music at church in like the church band. Right. I'd play the flute and I'd get bored, so I'd start making up right. parts, like harmonies and different bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and because I'd, stopped doing the formal piano then I kind of worked out how to do it by ear right but yeah there's a lot of doodling in the background of the church band right well I think you've disproved my theory as well so does that mean you went back to piano (laughs) oh but only as a hack like only to be able to sing or play along with people so I can play 
like you know it'll be a song and it'll be in a key or whatever I can play along like that right. but I can't if I had the patience and discipline to sit down and learn properly I right. could but I don't have the patience or the discipline yeah so of course it's difficult as a singer-songwriter to play the flute because uh your <laughs> mouth is otherwise occupied so at a certain <laughs> point in time you had to get a different instrument when That's was right. that <laughs> uh, so guitar I think at about 14 mm -hmm. Yeah, so my dad played guitar. Right. So there were guitars lying around. He was left-handed though, so I started. I started trying to learn left-handed, and then I started playing upside down. Right. And then I got sick of that, so I dug out. Mum had some old guitar with five strings in the cupboard. Right. So I dug that out and fixed it up as best I could to be my guitar. Yeah. yeah. That was much easier. Yeah. <laughs> And did guitar make sense as an instrument, given that you'd been playing something quite different? Yeah, like which is interesting now you say that. I had no, like I knew what the the notes in the chords that I was playing, but on guitar it took me a long time to be like, you know, point to a specific spot on the fret and go, mm -hmm. that's a C, like, you know. Yeah. But it made, yeah, I don't know, I just kind of picked it up and the chords and yeah so obviously when you were growing up there was a fair bit of church music but what else were you listening to uh yeah so there's a lot of christian contemporary music and then grunge so when i started playing guitar i was obsessed with nirvana like the unplugged in new york album so all the first songs i learned were off that and then i got right into smashing pumpkins and i went um I think I borrowed my boyfriend at the time had, you could buy tablature books at oh, yeah. the, uh, down at Rocking Horse or something. Yeah, yeah. I took it to school and I photocopied the entire book and I would sit there for hours learning all the, the guitar parts at night. Yeah. yeah so, back in yeah, the good old well, days when, yes, you could buy tablature books and sheet music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, would you say that those artists have had a big influence on you as, a, as an artist now or have your tastes changed as you've started to create your own music? Yeah, my tastes have changed. I mean, at the same time, I was like dad would play a lot of music. There was all like Neil Young, Bob Dylan, The right. Beatles, um, Paul Kelly, that kind of stuff. And then... Yeah, like I loved Veruca Salt. And so when I first started playing music, I had a distortion pedal, an electric guitar. And, yep, that was kind of did that for quite a while with a bit of acoustic. But then as I progressed, I got more and more acoustic and more country, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned Veruca Salt, and I don't know if you've heard the two solo albums by Nina Gordon from Veruca Salt. I, I had the first one, yeah. The second one's also really good. Very hard to get. It's not on streaming. So you have to track down oh, a CD, okay. but uh, yeah, they're both great. Oh, I love, they were such heroes of mine. I think Louise Post was my hero. I remember, did you ever see them? No. I saw them once in, um, at the festival. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, there you go. But yeah, I remember, because I don't think I was a big Veruca Salt fan, but then Nina Gordon's first album came out. I was like, this is really great pop. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Excellent ear for it. Now, your bio contains the line, after spending years in a musical wasteland, Mandy Hawks began to write songs again. So what 
So obviously you Wasteland wasn't a place without music because you've clearly been playing music most of your life. So what does the Wasteland refer to? Yeah, well, so all my, I guess, teenage years. So once I started playing guitar, then I was playing music a lot of the time all through my teens until about 20, 21 or mm-hmm. so. And then I kind of just stopped. I mean, I still played a bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't play much. I got really... A variety of reasons that just like lost all self-confidence in playing in public and right. you know a few people said a few comments that I took to heart that it just destroyed me <laughs> and I yeah didn't play in public for a long time and I was busy doing other stuff um yeah a lot of being out in the bush and you know where you weren't coming home to your instruments and stuff like yeah. that so, yeah, I kind of stopped for about 10 years probably, I think. Yeah, until I started again. I mean, given that, that there is so much music in your life and has been from such a young age, did it feel like a part of you was missing or it just felt like, well, this is the phase I'm in now? Yeah, oh, a bit of both. Like it always felt like there was a bit missing. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I don't have music in my life, I, I, I get that feeling like when I don't play for a few weeks or, you know, don't do gigs or, or, or I'm not writing or creating There's this whole section that's missing. But I think when I didn't do it for so long, I got used to not feeling that feeling. Right. It just became the new norm and I guess I filled my life with other things um, which I enjoyed but was not, like it was always missing. Right. A bit, yeah, yeah. And so what inspired you to come back to it? Um, so yeah, I, I met, so I had a couple of kids and then met through mutual friends, met a friend and then another friend and like we get together, but you know, a kid, a baby get together thing mm-hmm. and it'd be like, oh yeah, I used to play music and the other, yeah, I used to play music too. <laughs> and then we're like, all right, why don't we get together and and we all, we both like the waifs and um, the Be Good Tanyas or Mad Be Good Tanya fans. So we'd get together and just play a few songs. And then that kind of evolved into, it was like once we started playing, we're like, all right, we want to, you know, we're going to make a band and we're going to get gigs. And so that evolved into this beautiful three-piece, which was all of us kind of re-emerging into music. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a really um, special time brought with anxiety and you know trying to get out there in the world but we had lots of fun yeah well particularly because it sounds like a big part of the reason why you left music behind for a while was what some people had said to you um which is yeah it's, yeah I always feel like when people are saying that stuff it's like oh, if you're not actually getting up on stage yourself then keep it to yourself because it is really hard to put yourself out there yeah it's so hard yeah He's putting stuff out there to get, you know, shot down by anyone. Right. And of course, you know, any creative person is also has an extra dose of sensitivity. So they're not so good, to, you know, for dealing with that stuff. So when you started performing again with the trio, were you nervous for a, for quite a long time? Or maybe maybe you're always nervous and that's a good thing. Oh, I was nervous. Now I'm now I still get nervous beforehand, but once I start playing, I just kind of, you know, drift off into daydreaming. But mm. then I was nervous the whole time and 
and then you know there's this internal dialogue going on inside your head while you're singing like this self-critiquing thing of every note that's coming out of your mouth and that's not a very relaxing way to to perform yeah I, I feel like my, my voice would get really young like my throat would get quite tight and mm-hmm. but then the more we did it you know it just got easier each time and then yeah. but you know after I don't know how many gigs 10 gigs or so or you know it was fun yeah. and you could relax yeah um, and you're a really heartfelt communicator, not just with your lyrics, but with your voice. So I'm wondering how you developed that singing voice because clearly you had other instruments to use. Voice is a, is a new instrument after those. Yeah. Um, I think I just, it's funny because I was never a singer and had this story, had this story about I can't sing and I would only sing because I'm playing guitar and I've got a song that I've written. Mm-hmm. And then going back to like previous music, I remember I would listen to Billy Corgan and the Smashing Pumpkins. He was so inspiring because he's not a, like his voice. He's not a singer. It's, he's not like this amazing voice, yet he would sing these epic songs that he's written and people loved it. And I remember hearing him like, oh, all right, if he can be a singer, if he can sing, then like it's like I have permission to sing right. despite not being a singer, um, which might sound stupid, but that's kind of how I felt at the time. And then I think just as just the more I sung, like it was only after, so once, you know, we started the band with the mums and started singing, only after doing that for like a year or a couple of years, even longer, like I remember I got to one, a point once and I was just like, oh, I can sing now. It's not it's not this whole thing. It's just the thing I do now mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable with my voice and I've accepted how it sounds and I'll just use it how it is and I can do that. Yeah. Do you think that came in tandem with songwriting so that you you had these these songs and these stories you wanted to communicate and perhaps the, the voice was a way to do that so you stopped thinking about whether your voice was technically what you thought it should be or not and just realised it was a vehicle yeah. for communication? Yeah, totally. And I think just and also thinking about all the singers that I like listening to like you like listening to them because they sound like them not because they sound like a particular ideal Mm -hmm. you know singer yeah i think yeah just becoming okay with that and yeah Yeah. utilizing it (laughs) now you're covering some big but actually fundamental themes um namely death and the afterlife and i'm wondering if being an artist or being a songwriter more specifically is how you actually reckon with life on earth if that makes sense oh totally I don't know what you do if you can't write a song to like it always feels like if I've got a thing that I'm going through or something that's bothering me or something I'm trying to reconcile in my mind it's such a big part of that process is putting it into a song being able to accurately articulate what the feeling or the what you're thinking about a thing is 
and then singing it. And it's like each time you, so first you kind of package it up in this song and that's a big step to be able to get it out of your brain and on into something. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the more you sing it, the more you understand it or the more you kind of shift something if it's, you know, a difficult emotion or, yeah. It's kind of a way of getting things out and mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So by the time you perform the song and or record it, does it feel like it's done its work for you, as in that process, whatever purpose it was serving for you is complete and now you're handing it off to the audience? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, largely. But then when you sing them again, like even ones that are, you know, five years old, or it's something that an event that happened, you know, back in the past. Sometimes you sing it again, and it's just you're right back there, and you're feeling all the things, and it's still. I guess all these things just go on with you, even though they sit in the background. Mm-hmm. And then singing them kind of taps back into these feelings and experiences that you had. It just, I know, I know, it's kind of nice. Like even if they're painful, it's kind of yeah I don't know nice to revisit <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah well because it's I mean it could be it could be traumatic depending on what the sub- song is but I guess it's, it would be reassuring to know that 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 vein is always running if that makes sense like you can still yeah. get back into it at any time and it's even like a gauge of like I know some songs I've written the first time I've performed them I would cry right. and then further down the track, you can sing the song and you know when you're crying and it's like this gauge of like, oh, look how far I've come, you yeah. know, or how, how much that doesn't, that's in the past now. Yeah. Even though I can feel feel the emotion of the song. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. feeling. So we'll talk about your latest single, which is Black Dog. What was the inspiration for it? Um, that was one of the first songs I wrote when I started writing songs again. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of came out. Like I think melancholy and depression, like it's something that's always been there for me, like for as, almost as long as I can remember and it's kind of just always hanging around and sometimes it's not there but often it's just hanging around and, you know, I've gotten better at managing it and not letting it consume me. Mm-hmm but it's kind of not, it's always nearby, not too far away. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of about acknowledging that and, yeah, just kind of came out, yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, it's not a melancholic song to listen to it. It's That's actually, what I I know. I know. Upbeat. Upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> so was that a conscious choice? Is it like you did, did you have a set of lyrics and think, mm, I'm going to frame these in a different way? Yeah. Not really. It just kind of came out catchy and yeah upbeat yeah because it is yeah. and it's you know it's, it's almost a toe tapper <laughs> I know it's about as toe tapping as it gets <laughs> for me yeah. and you co-produced this and your other singles with Jordan Powell who works in northern New South Wales how did you first start working with him um he had worked with a few friends of mine so he'd been recommended so I just went and um yeah, I had this whole, well, we did a whole album, a um, bunch of songs, just went and met him and thought, yeah, he's just a 
wonderful human and he's you know he likes rootsy folky country kind of music he's really good at that and yeah so we just all went and recorded a bunch of songs in a few days with him yeah so that album is still to be released yeah yeah so have you have you set firm plans or you just because you know we're still in an uncertain time in the post pandemic maybe not quite post pandemic world so yeah just seeing how things go I, yeah because i kind of so i guess i've been sitting on it for a year when did i or a bit longer so i release a single release another one i better release another one i haven't done much but i, I really need to just get it out in the world so i haven't set a date or anything but that's my next kind of thing to focus on because it's yeah it's almost coming up to 18 months ago that we that we finished it mm. so yeah it's time mm. well you could just do a beyonce and release a surprise album <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no one would listen to it because i'm not beyonce <laughs> Well, it's, well for courses, I'm sure people would listen to it. And just yeah. you know, they just need to know it exists. Um, so you played at quite a few festivals, and uh, including some folk festivals and some country music festivals. Mm-hmm. Is there any festival that you haven't played at yet that you'd really like to? Oh, heaps! Yeah, I love to play at Dashville. That's yeah. my um, yeah. Love to play there. Where else? I'm trying to line up some Tamworth. I've done a couple of random things at Tamworth, but not mm-hmm. proper like band shows. Um, I think what else there is? I'll play at any festival, really. Yeah, Woodford would be great. But um, yeah, many. <laughs> just some, just some, any festival bookers are watching. They that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not picking. Yeah. And I should also say just the question before I was saying, oh, you know, people, should, if people know about the album, they can listen to it. It is the challenge of an independent artist, of course, trying to get the word out. Um, and also at a time when everyone's on social media, it's a lot to manage. I think there's a lot, there are a yeah. lot of different facets of being an artist now that didn't exist even five years ago that you have to think yeah. about. Oh, completely. Yeah. I find it's, yeah, just all the promoting and the, social media like and I know it's just something you just have to do and you've just got to keep doing it so that's probably where I get a bit um slack and I'm not very consistent with it yeah well, I'd, I actually wouldn't say it's slack so much as just it, it is really hard to keep track of everything, particularly when you have other things in your life, like family, household to run. Oh, um, and work and, yeah, all the things, exactly, yeah. So as I mentioned, you're in northern New South Wales, or maybe I didn't mention that at the start. I said Jordan was in northern New South Wales, but you are as well. What's the live music scene like? Because there are quite a few artists up there. Are there enough venues for you all? Yeah, there's quite there's a lot of live music actually. So there's there's heaps of um like you know, well, I guess there's a lot of markets to start with. Mm-hmm. They all have music from farmers markets to the big Sunday markets. Um, then there's a number of pubs and bolos and clubs that have like your yeah, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday afternoon sessions. Um, yeah, there's a lot of music, actually, a lot of places to play. There's also a lot of musicians. Right. So, yeah, there's kind of people out playing everywhere. 
which is yeah it's awesome so given that you were in a trio you're now a solo artist are you oh did you have a band as you mentioned are you inclined though to get back into an arrangement like a trio or is what you're doing now that's such a part yeah well I guess now we yeah so we did the trio one of them moved away then the two of us kept playing for a bit and then we kind of stopped playing together so then I was kind of forced to do my own thing and that's which was really good because it forced me to stand on my own two feet and be like if I'm gonna this is what I'm doing and then I gradually met people and collected people that would play with me so now one of the one of the women from the trio plays with me quite regularly and then we've got this other collection like a guitarist and drummer and we had a bass player but he moved away and an occasional fiddle player so yeah it's just kind of collect people who will play with me yeah well it sounds like um from that part of the world if anyone's going as a tourist for whatever reason they could basically do a like a gig guide tour thing if, if it's a long weekend they can there's lots of music to see in that part of oh, australia definitely. yeah it definitely is and do you get out to see much of it? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, it depends. Depends what's on. Where I live um, down the road, there's a really great pub that gets touring artists through. So it'll be like Sydney, um, Brisbane, and this little country pub. So mm-hmm. that's pretty special. Like Brazy Ford came there the other week. And, right. um, so I go to a few things there. Um, yeah. It just depends, but between often I'm looking after kids and yeah. <laughs> it's not that many nights to go out and see stuff. Yeah. No, I was just curious because it is, uh, it's a part of the world where I have noticed that before where you can have pubs that have these acts that just turn up that would normally only play capital cities. So it is a, yeah. a rich area for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's pretty great like that. You get a lot of the advantages of the city without being in the city. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good advertisement for <laughs> northern New South Wales. <laughs> but, um, but I am going to leave it there because it is the middle, not the middle of the night, but it's getting it's getting quite late. Um, so your latest single is Black Dog. There's an album coming at some point in time and hopefully you'll let us know about that and uh, people can yeah. keep an eye on your website perhaps for other yeah. music. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Mandy, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Sophie. I appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.